This Torah class is brought to you by TorahAnytime.com. Welcome, everybody, to what number are we up to? Seven. Number seven in our Midos campaign um, for us to be able to go on this little journey. Um, as always, we want to thank Hami and Shani for all the hard work that they do behind the scenes, as well as Nasanel.com. You can sign up and you can get alerts to these classes and future classes. And we always want to give a shout out to Tour Anytime for all the work that they put in creating this amazing platform. Thank you very much. Now, in this Mido series, um, we discussed so far Menucha Sanafesh, and we discussed patience, which is two things which I have to say that as I was studying it and learning it, um, we're doing this safer called Cheshben Anafesh. And I think for me personally, I could just share that it's almost been like when you hear an idea, you think that you already know the answer. Like if you hear like, oh, what does it mean to be patient? It means to be patient. What does it mean to have menuchas and It means to talk calmly. But what we've discovered, at least I discovered, is that it's not necessarily like that. Because, for example, I'll go back to this idea of menuchas and Menuchas and doesn't mean that you on the outside, that you appear calm. It's that on the inside, you actually feel calm. And that's much harder for most people because we live our lives just thinking that the externals of a person is a reflection of their inside, but also it's a reflection of their midos. But in reality, it's not always like that. In reality, a lot of people who are on the outside very calm and the inside have a lot of turmoil. And what we've discovered is that there's a chitzainius, there's an external element, and then there's a panemius, there's an internal element. So tonight is going to be no different. And I do have to say sitting off camera here is my son, Shimmy. And I actually have to thank him because he reminded me of this idea. Because today, my wife and I drove to pick him up and I was sharing with my wife what we were going to be discussing. And my wife was like, no, it's not the natural thing, the way people would normally understand the Mida. And I was like, I know, but this is the Mida. Like, this is how it works. And we were discussing this back and forth and Shimmy was sitting in the back seat, and he's like, no, no, it's just the difference between the chitzainius and the panemius, like, because there's two different levels of understanding it. So the normal way of understanding it is with the chitzainius, but tonight it's going to be the panemius. So it was very cute that he like pointed that out, and it's so, so true. So thank you. Um, and we're going to try to delve through this in, in, in the normal way of understanding things, and then perhaps delving even deeper down through this. So tonight's topic is the topic of Seder. And Seder, to most people, usually means somebody who's like organized, and they have structure. Um, it might even be somebody who has like Nikias, maybe a border on that, like somebody who, who's clean, they're neat, they're, they're structured. That's, I think, most, most people. And I like to think in my own, not that this is about me, but I like to think in my own life that I have a lot of, you know, Seder. Like my desk is very, very clean and I have all my lists. Like, therefore, like I'm doing a great job. But when you delve into the media itself on a deeper level, you find that it's so much more challenging, so much more challenging than, than we could ever, ever begin to imagine. And tonight, we're going to take a little bit of a journey, as we usually do, starting way out in left field and then working our way back to a basic understanding of what it means to implement, not just have, but to implement and work on this concept called Seder. All right. So here we go. What is Seder? Seder's orderliness. Let's go way out on a limb and then come back in. So the way he explains Seder in the Sefer called Cheshben HaNafesh is that there, he starts with the concept of sleep. 
according to like the American Sleep Association and all these other wonderful organizations, there's like different levels of a person's consciousness or subconsciousness or unconsciousness while a person sleeps. And I found it very enjoyable to like read up on all these various stages of REM and non-REM and all these different types of sleep. Like, for example, when you start falling asleep, your brain starts to check out. And a lot of us, I don't want to speak for anybody, but a lot of us either may talk in our sleep. A lot of us may feel like you're falling in your sleep. There are certain stages of your sleep where you're dreaming, like you have like very clear, like you get up in the morning and you're like, oh, like I... I solved the world's problems. Like I've just discovered something or someone was chasing me last night or you dreamt about your boss firing you or hiring you or whatever the case may be. Our, our brains go through various levels of consciousness, unconsciousness, subconsciousness in the various levels of speech. And there's a whole machlekes in the sleep community, how many levels there are. There used to be five. Now they've discovered there's only four. Whatever the case may be, Sleep is the part of our, our body and our brain where it starts to like sort of fade out from that conscious reality into much more of like an unconscious state. And throughout all of these stages, the one thing that Chazal tell us and the one thing which science tells us is that a person generally almost always lacks the kaya habichira. It's almost like in your dream, let's say you're being chased by zombies. Right. So it could be the reason you're thinking that is because yesterday you saw something that had to do with the Gaiish holiday. Right. So I don't want to whatever. Right. So you're, you're you, you saw something and therefore you're like, oh, my gosh. And then like you went to sleep and all of a sudden you're being chased by. Right. So your brain is like going and going and going. You get up in the morning or even if you wake up at three in the morning, like, oh, my gosh. Right. And then you're like, oh, it's just a dream. Within that dream, your 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 ability to make like wait, let me just stop for a second and try to, you know, try to talk to this, you know, this creature. Let me stop for a minute and try to like, you know, make a decision. Let me stop for a minute and make myself scrambled eggs. Your brain doesn't go there because it's not conscious. It's sort of like your brain is just running on autopilot based on things that are deep within your subconscious, but you yourself don't really have the ability to stop and actually make, make a decision. The Gemara, when it refers to sleep, the Gemara says that sleep is one sixtieth of death. What does that mean? So some people are like, oh, I could imagine how good it feels, you know, to just like, you know, but what does it mean that it's 160? It means that when somebody is dead, they literally have no ability to, 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 to choose. They have no ability to do anything after. And therefore, sleep is that point in your life, the point in your day where you really have no control over where your mind is going and decisions and all these things that you're making. Whereas we've discussed this multiple times. The altar of Slobodka says that when a person gets up in the morning and says the word, what is he supposed to say? What is she supposed to think? That I have the kayach habechira. I have the ability to choose to do anything that I would like to choose. And that is what it means to be alive. And that's what it means to be awake. So what happens when a person gets up is that they graduate from losing their kayach habechira from simply just going through their day wherein they have no ability to choose, meaning throughout the night, your dreams just take you here, there, or wherever it is. You could visit 47 different countries, but you're not consciously visiting them. It's your subconscious that you saw something, you thought or something during the day. That's why you went there to the day waking up and saying, if I want to right now go visit Paris, I could. That's the ability of Maidani. I, I have the ability to do something now. Whereas in my sleep, I did not have that ability. So why am I saying all this to you? Because 
what he says, this is not me speaking, this is him speaking, is that most people, they go through their conscious day still with that lack of exercising their Bechira. Meaning they get up in the morning and they say, yeah, if I, if I want to go to Paris, I could go to Paris. Okay, so why didn't you go? You dreamt about it. You thought about it. Yesterday you looked at plane tickets and I, I don't know. They don't. They don't actualize most of the things in their life that they have the potential to actualize. So they're, they're awake, but they're really sleeping. They're awake, but their body is like not there. I get dozens of emails a week from people who have ideas. You know, a great, a great concept for an organization or we could fundraise for this. Or, you know, it would be amazing if Yisrael had. The idea of Seder is where a person recognizes that every single thing in life has a purpose, a time, and a place. And having the conscious ability to take all of these various things and to put them into one organized fashion, that is what it means to master Seder. I'll say that again, because it's a very profound statement. It's like, if let's say I, I say to you, let's talk about like starting a fruit company or selling fruit. Yeah, like a fruit market. Yeah, saying the right word? Okay, yeah, fruit market. Okay, we got it. Right. So if I say, let's talk about having a fruit market. But I didn't think through what it means to plow a field, plant a tree, prune a tree, harvest fruit. I never learned how to keep QuickBooks, run a business, market it. I went through all the pieces that are actually necessary. So my thought is but a dream. I'm not really saying something that's like tachas. In, in like the marketing world, they call it like the CTA, the call to action. I haven't thought through like, what's my first step? What's my second step? What's my third step? Am I spending too much time on my first step? I'm plowing and plowing and plowing, but I never, didn't even learn how to plant. Well, once I plant, I never learned how to prune. The idea of Seder is taking hundreds, thousands, millions of abstract concepts and stacking them in a certain way in your own mind and recognizing that every thought and every speech and every action, if put properly into the right place, that's when your kayach habechira goes menakayach alapayel. What does that mean? It means that your ideas are not just ideas. In Yiddish, they say it's like lufkeshef. It's not just like in your brain. It's it's practical. You will actually see changes in your life because you'll start plowing, you'll start planting, you'll start learning about QuickBooks, and then you'll start implementing it, and you'll start marketing, and you'll learn how to market, and then you start making sales and reinvesting that into new crops and new crops. That's when you start actually like making money or becoming successful. And the idea of Seder is that a person consciously, because it's not, it's, not a, it's not a natural part of our lives, it's an unnatural part of our lives, to take all these various things, put them into one structure, and then take that structure and actually implement real, not dream, real change in the world around us. That is Seder. And everything else is the opposite of Seder, which would basically be either chaos or, or, or nothing. It's, it, it, it doesn't amount to anything. And a lot of us surround ourselves with a lot of people during our, the course of our lives. And there's many dreamers and there's many talkers 
There's many people who have like tons of ideas and if we would only do this and they're very critical and they're very like, you know what that good should do and you know what they should do. Everyone has ideas what everyone else should do. Great, so why don't you do it? Why don't you start? Oh, I, I can't, they have reasons and reasons. The idea of taking an idea, something which is a concept and then actualizing it, it takes Seder. And most people, he says, lack Seder. Not because their desks are not clear, but because whatever they're doing, they might be doing it, but they're not like 100% present within what they're doing. When I was learning in the mirror, my Rebbe was Revelia Baruchinko Zatzal. And I remember two stories that at the time, I didn't really think of it in this light, but as I was learning this, I remember like just thinking through these two stories. And Revelia Baruchinko wasn't somebody that you might say was like, an, I don't want to say he wasn't an organized person. Like if he said like, was he, did he have Seder? Like it didn't necessarily strike you. I think when, at least for myself, if, I, if you think of Seder, you think of somebody who everything is like lined up like in a certain way, almost like OCD. Like your OCD, you, wow, you really have Seder in your life. But he was like, you know, he wore his frock, he walked around. But there were two stories that I remember that really struck, you know, it struck me in this concept. One was the first day when he came to, to Yeshiva, he sat down and he said, we're going to learn a Gemara. So I realized that this is a woman's share. So just bear with me for two seconds, okay? So he sits down and he says, okay, you all learned the Gemara for three hours. Let me, let me start my share on Gemara. So he said, okay. So he starts, he says, before I even say anything, I have to say something. He says, when you sit down and you learn Gemara, keep in mind that you're learning. And when you're learning, you take it word by word and you rip it apart. That's how you learn. And then you put ideas together. That's called learning. When you daven, you sit down, you go through the words and you say the words and, and that's, that's what you do when you're davening. He says, many, many, many people make the mistake that they daven up a learning and they learn a davening. They, when they sit down to a Gemara, they, they sit down to a book, they read the book. And what, did, what did you read? <laughs> I have no idea. I don't know. Could you repeat two ideas? I have no idea what it said. It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't become a thing. You, you pottered yourself up. You went through it. Your brain is here. It's there. It's in 69 different places. You're not, you're not like going through whatever you're going through. At the same time, there are people who like, they're sitting there during davening and they're learning, or they're sitting there and they're going through like, Mamish hovering in it, but they're not, they're not davening. They're not connecting to the words. They're not feeling the words. So he says, when you daven, daven, and when you learn, learn, and we're here to learn, so we're going to learn. And remember, when you go daven mencha, you should daven mencha. There's a time for davening, and there's a time for learning. And I remember somebody once gave him a ride somewhere. And when he got in the car, the person turned to him and said, Rebbe, can I ask you a kasha on the rajba? So he says, you're driving. And I said, yeah, I, I know I'm driving, but... Uh, I'm saying, but, but I'm trying to talk to Rebbe. I, I want to talk. He said, when you're driving, I want your head focused on the road. I don't need to end up wrapped around the pole somewhere. You're driving, focus on driving. You come to base Medrash, you'll sit down and we'll talk in learning. When you're driving, your brain has to be where you're driving. And when you're learning, your brain should be over there. And the idea behind Seder is that a person has to recognize that everything in our lives requires Seder. Our businesses require Seder. Our families require Seder. Every relationship requires Seder. Because in order to maximize the Kaya Chabachira, to effectuate any change around anything around you, everything has to have a time and everything has to have a place. A good friend of mine, he always says, he says to me, 
He says, Ruvain, you have to know when to fire yourself. Like, very, people, you know, people are very good at firing others. You have to know when to fire yourself. Like, you're taking on too much or you have too many things on your agenda, you have to take it off. So the idea behind Seder, one more time, is that we recognize that everything within our lives has a time and a place. Now, I, I, I don't want to say anything negative about anything about anything, but what he talks about over here is that there are many people who, they're, they're, let's say there's davening Shemana Esrei. And when you're davening Shemana Esrei, you're davening, your brain is somewhere else. You finish Shemana Esrei, first thing you think about is like, oh, I just had a great business idea. Or I got to call my sister. Or, you know, my mother was yelling at me yesterday. The idea behind Seder is that whatever action, and I think this is the, the practical side of things, whatever action you're performing at the moment, your brain should be completely mindful that that action is the only thing that you're focused on. You're at work, don't look at your phone. You're with your family, don't look at your phone. You're looking at your phone, don't talk to your family. Put everything in its time and its place, even the things that are chaotic, put that within the chaos. Put the chaos within the Seder. Put every single thing in its time and its place. Do your work, then check your messages. And then when you're checking your messages, don't be talking to somebody else. Seder is a, is a, is a mindset. It's not, it's not a physical, this is organized versus this is organized. Seder is a mindset. And I want to read from you over here what he says. He says, That the key to Seder is not about being organized. It's lechanech atzmai, to train ourselves, because it's not natural. Lefanais kol machshaftai. The word lefanais means to clear out, to clear out, to clear out everything you have going on in your mind. Yeah, you have 47 tasks that you need to do. What is the one task that you're doing right now at the moment? And to focus on that, just that one thing. That's it. If you're, if you're doing something at work, just do this one task. My father always says, we're accountants. So my father very often will sit with somebody who did a tax return and he'll say to them, oh, you did this person's tax return? Yeah. What was their AGI? What was their adjusted gross income? So people are like, how am I supposed to remember that? It's, it, I mean, it's just one of like 50 numbers on the tax return. You're like, what was their charity number? I don't, I don't know. How am I supposed to remember that? So he always says, you're doing a tax return, do the tax return. You should put your brain to it. Put to it. What we're usually doing is you're putting something in, you're doing something else. You're doing something else, you're doing a third thing. It's an extra word here. To put your entire brain into each thing that you're doing. You shouldn't be standing here or talking to somebody. And your brain is somewhere else. It's thinking of your shopping list. It's thinking of the wedding that's coming up, how I need to go on a diet, and I'm so fat. And I'm only talking to somebody else, and they're, they're, they're complaining to you about their issue, but you're not here, you're not present, you're not listening to a word that they're saying. I want to say, my Rebbe, Rebbe Yusuf Berkowitz, he recently said something that was so profound. He said that today's generation, people are so busy trying to make a living that they're not living. Like they're so busy with like all the things that they have going on that they're not actually living their lives. And I'm not here to add anything on to Rebekowitz or Rebekowitz doesn't need me to add anything on. 
But the idea behind this is such a profound idea that even when we're shopping, we're not shopping. We're shopping and we're texting. Even, even when we're, we're taking a shower, we're showering, we're listening to music. Anything that we do, there's always another thing that's there that our brain is not present within the things that we're doing. And the key word for me is this idea, it's not natural. It's something that actually takes like a presence of mind, like a mindfulness, like what am I doing right now? If my brain is here, then I can train my brain to think things through like this so that when the next problem comes up, I could think through the problem from beginning to middle to end. And I'm not like looking for the next distraction and the next thing that I can swipe on because that's just a, a distraction from life itself. But to maximize life itself, you can't live your life in a distracted manner. That is the antithesis of Seder. And so many people today, I want to say technology, I don't believe is just a struggle for teens and 20s and 30s. It's a struggle for people in their 70s and 80s also. It doesn't have to be the struggle of technology, people looking at things that are not appropriate or doing things that are not appropriate. The idea that it's an escape from your current surroundings, that you're not using technology to live in the here and the now. You're not checking a message, responding to the message and putting your phone away. It's like, what's next? The sliding and the swiping. That, that manner, that idea of living your life in that manner is a distracted from life manner. So we're awake, but we're really sleeping. Because our ideas and our thoughts and our actions and our presence is completely lacking. So when you'd ask the average husband or wife, like, what's your average complaint, you know, against your spouse, I would say probably eight out of 10 people who complain about marriages, somewhere within there, they say the words. And when I'm talking to you, you're not even listening. You're not even present when you're present. It's the same thing with our children. It's the same thing with everybody around us. You ask the average boss, what's your struggle with your employees? right? So either they're incompetent or the ones that are competent, they're good and everything. But every five minutes, they check their phone. Every three minutes, they check their email. We're not focused at the task at hand, something which today's generation might suffer from more than any other time. So the idea of Seder, once again, is that a person actualizes his ideas and he's able to formulate his thoughts and the things that he says and the things that he does from beginning to middle to end. And if you just think, this is one point I want to leave off, is that when it comes to change in our life, a lot of people, they know what they want things to look like five years down the road, 10 years down the road. They want to be millionaires and they want to have successful marriages. They want to have successful homes. The way that a person gets that is not by dreaming about that. It's by knowing that that's your end goal, but thinking that what is my short attainable goal for today, for tonight, for tomorrow? Yeah, you want to have a happy marriage? How are you going to do that? What, what's lacking in your life? I need to be more confident. How are you getting confidence? What is your CTA? What is your call to action now? I sit with couples all the time. When I tell them certain ideas, they go, that's such a great idea. I'm like, no, it doesn't start like in a year from now. It starts right now. Like, yeah, yeah. I'll... Like, no, you're used to saying you'll get to it because that's the dreamer. That's, yeah, in 10 years from now, I'll treat you nicely. No, it starts right now, right? You're leaving my office. You're going on a date. You're going on a walk. You're going out to eat right now. Like now it's it's 11 o'clock at night. When are you going to start? You could go get ice cream now. You could go get ice coffees now. You could do something now. If you don't take it, it just becomes a dream. It's like one day I'll do something else. Have a CTA, a call to action. And every single thing that you have in your day, in your life, and you'll find that your whole structure of your day will become much more organized. Your thoughts will become much more organized. It will lend itself, something my wife had pointed out, that a lot of these midos run one into the next. 
So when you start being more organized, you have more menucha sanafesh. You know what I mean? You have more menucha sanafesh. You become more organized. A lot of these ideas, like they sort of, you know, they, they gel one into the next. You have much more patience, right? Each one of them, if, if you're somebody who's organized and you're calm, you have much more patience. You're not as nervous. You're not as anxious. Each one of these ideas run one into the next because we are one person and we're multifaceted and we have so many different components to ourselves. But if we remember that Seder is not about what it looks like on the outside, thank you, Shemi Epstein, it's what you feel on the inside, how you articulate your thoughts and what comes first and what comes next and how much time you spend on each item and then what is the call to action that will move things from A to B to C all the way down to your dream, then you're not dreaming. Then you're thinking and you're actualizing and that is the kayak of having one mida perfected. But the key is the word It takes a lot of practice. I could start right now. Thank you all for joining. This is amazing. See you in two weeks. Have a great, great, great evening. All the best. You've just experienced another Torah class brought to you by TorahAnytime.com.